Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Welcome to episode 267 of the Plan Simple Podcast, and kind of welcome to 2021 in April. We did have a welcome episode back in January, and then we took a little hiatus. So weaved throughout this podcast is the story of the podcast, Three Months Vacation, and the reason it is coming back for this 2021 season, and hopefully won't go away again. So just so you know, we are coming back with weekly episodes from here on out. And as this one goes live, actually for the next week or so, there will be almost daily episodes. So starting on Thursday, April 15th, that we are running a five-day get out of survival mode challenge. Because I know for sure that no one benefits when a mom is in survival mode. And what I've been noticing as we head out of the pandemic and into this new way, whatever that is, it really is time to recheck in with what you want. Because so much is possible, even in the current state of the world. But in order to see that, I'm finding we really need to pause and really get clear on our vision in order to plan for it and really bring it into reality. And I think this is more important. It's always important in transitions, in seasonal transitions, which we're in. We're heading from winter into spring into summer, depending on where you are. And But we're in a bigger transition. We're in the transition of heading out of a pandemic and into a new way. So I know, because I've spoken with many of you, that it may not feel like the right time to think about anything other than all the 50 million things that are already on your plate and on your to-do list and all things. But that is why, that is literally precisely why this work is so important right now more than ever, because we need that bird's eye view in order to not get taken out by our own to-do list, by our own lives. And I've seen this work over and over again, so I'm really excited to see it work right now. So we're running a five-day challenge. Basically, how that works is each day, there's actually going to be a podcast episode that goes live first thing in the morning. You can listen listen to it. You can do the work that it says to do. Mostly, that's a writing prompt. And then every afternoon, we will have a live Zoom call or most afternoons definitely sign up so you can get the details of when they are. And in between, we will be chatting and having conversations and there will be prizes to win and all the things. So it's going to be really fun. And I would love to have you if creating a vision for your life that will definitely help you plan any transitions you're dealing with right now and thinking about summer and all the things that come up in our lives as we transition back to work, the kids transition back to school, things aren't quite going as planned, all the things. We're going to be thinking about those things this week. So go to plansimple.com. There is a pop-up window that pops up and a bar at the top, all that will link you um, to sign up for this challenge. And I look forward to seeing you there. 
All right. So now we're going to get into the story of this podcast, and I'm going to start with today, and we're going to kind of go on a little journey backwards. I want to tell you a little bit about what has been going down in the past three months. So this past weekend, I led a group of seasoned Flow 365ers through a weekend retreat in the Flow 365 program. We have a retreat every 90 days. I have the honor of working with people who've been in there for a year or two or some even three. It's so fun. Um, And the goal of these weekends is to take time out of our busy lives to think about what we actually want from life and how we might move towards that over the next 90-day season. So you can see there's a little overlap here with the challenge because what I want you to sign up for is a free challenge where we're going to take time out to really think through the big picture. So because all of the participants of this retreat, this particular retreat, were part of the last 90-day cycle, we started off with some reflection um, from the past 90 days. So the newest version of the Flow Planner, of which, by the way, there's a version coming out for everyone very soon that could even be ordered from Amazon. So stay tuned for that. I'm super excited about it. But the last page of the planner, after you've gone through a 90-day cycle asks you to consider who you have become over the course of the last 90 days. And so during our retreat, we took some time, like 10 minutes each or 15 minutes each, we got into conversations in pairs to really talk through who we had each become or who everyone in the retreat had conversations with who they had become. I got to sit and hold the space, but they got to have these amazing conversations. And when they came back to the main group, I just wanted everyone to share so that everyone could witness who everyone had become. And I just wanted to share some of the answers because it was really amazing. And just remember, this is this is women who have decided to um, cast goals for a 90-day period in food and wellness, lifestyle and family, OM, which is spirituality and self-care, and work. And we ask that everyone makes a goal in all four categories. Um, and so that you can really have a balanced experience, a balanced life. And then we go through this whole 90-day period of really holding each other accountable to showing up to these goals, and there's a whole process that goes with that. And so we're really trying to get out of that to-do list mentality and really figure out how to show up in in a different way to all the things we want, because for many of us, that to-do list way just didn't work. So here are some of the answers. I have become someone who exercises every morning. I have become someone who shows up. I have become an author. I have become confident in my contribution. I have become the balanced matriarch of my family. I have become someone who trusts my body. I have become someone who can transition. I have become a way shower who holds space for others. I have become a balanced entrepreneur. I have become a wise woman. I have become incredibly intentional with my time. I have become someone who prioritizes my health. I have become someone who eats well. And the reason it is so important to acknowledge who we've become as we head headed into this planning weekend, because what we do is this, this was an exercise that happened early on Friday. And then over the course of the weekend, we go through a whole process um, to plan for the next 90-day season. 
And the reason it's so important to start there is because then everybody could make a plan from the most current version of themselves. Because if the person who had become a balanced entrepreneur was making goals in her business from a place 90 days ago before she even really understood what that meant to balance entrepreneurship with her family, she'd come up with different goals. She'd have a different level of goals she'd be able to set. Someone who's become a person who exercises every morning can set a goal from somebody who exercises every morning, which is different from somebody who can't get out of bed in the morning. Does that make sense? So that's why this exercise is so important. So you may not be thinking in 90-day seasons, but all of us can think about who we've become over the course of the past year since everything shut down at the beginning of the pandemic. And I would really encourage you to consider that. Who have you become? Because the thing is, is we've all had to stretch and grow and really have the capacity to hold a whole bunch of things, right? We've had to be in our house with family members. We've had to get work done while schooling kids. We've had to stay sane amongst all the craziness. You know, and none of those things have probably any of us done perfectly. But the point is, is that we really had to lean into new ways. We were kind of forced to do it. But because of that, we really leaned in 100%. So I am confident that everyone listening to this show has become a different version of themselves. So I would ask you, before you think about what's coming next, who you have become, and really take the time to answer that. So, of course, after we had all shared... Um, I got asked who I had become. And so that got me thinking about a whole bunch of stuff. And I was able to um, answer that. So I'm going to share that with you in a sec. But I want to just go back a little and tell you a little bit of a story. So when we were looking where to move, because I have three kids, and when I had them, I was at the time running a design company in um, the city. And we lived in a very small apartment. And, you know, it shouldn't have fit three kids, but they were really little and it did and it was great and it made it easy and all the things. But eventually, as my oldest was coming into kindergarten, we knew we had to like figure something else out. Now, I'm actually from New Orleans. I am not from the Boston area. And so as we were looking, I don't know if this is true in every city. It definitely was not true in New Orleans. But as we were looking to move out of the city, I became aware of how many small towns and suburbs existed around Boston. And I was really overwhelmed. So I started asking around and we started looking at different towns and houses. And eventually I had to, I really needed to discern how I was going to make this choice. So I decided to start looking at schools and I looked at both the public schools and towns and private schools. And as I was looking around at schools, I got equally overwhelmed and I started to fall in love actually with a private school that I wasn't 100% sure that one, I could send three kids to, and two, that I really loved what was happening in kindergarten. And a wise, wise friend told me not to look at the kindergartners, which was the thing I was applying for, because pretty much all kindergartners are cute and all classrooms, you know, 
if, as long as they're letting like the kids do things and play, like it's just, it's like a cute situation and it's hard to judge by what they need then. So she told me to walk around a school and really pay attention to the seventh and eighth graders and see who those kindergartners become. See where I'm going with this? So I think it's really important that so much of what we're doing on a daily basis is just planting seeds for who we become. And when I did this, I can tell you that it was so different, like extremely different. And the kindergarten class that I loved the most, I loved the teachers. I loved how different it was. And they were like taking apart machines and doing all these really cool things. And when I went to look at that same school at the seventh and eighth graders, I noticed that all the kids were kind of like a little off the beat in the track, which I really loved, right? Like they all were wearing funky clothes and like all that seemed really good. But when I really looked at them, they kind of all looked like the same version of that person. So they all, you know, all the boys were wearing black. A lot of them had longer hair. Like all these were things that I thought were kind of appealing, but I noticed that there wasn't the diversity. And so then I entered a Waldorf school and I wasn't 100% sure about the kindergarten situation. But when I looked at the seventh and eighth graders, I was literally floored by the diversity in how they showed up. There wasn't so much diversity in terms of culture at, at all. And I think they're working on that. But there was a lot of diversity in how the kids showed up, meaning there was clearly shy kids. There was clearly outgoing kids. P kids were all wearing very different things. Like there didn't seem to be a style that everybody was here adhering to. Um, you know, you could just tell that like Everybody was different and everybody was being appreciated for what they brought to the table. And that was really intriguing to me. And it was in this moment that, one, I decided to send my kid to that school. And a couple of them went through, or, or some are still in one is still in it. And, and one didn't end up going there all the way and one graduated. So, you know, we did what we needed to do eventually. But in that moment, what was most important is that I decided that my job as mom was really to do my piece in helping my kids be the most authentic versions of themselves. And I hadn't quite ever seen it quite that way until I was looking at the difference between like kindergartens and what that led to in seventh and eighth grade. Now, at the time that I made this like huge thing, like this, this goal, like th this is what I was going to do. It felt easy and right and real and a little bit different than how I grew up, but it felt perfect. And, but what I didn't realize was that you know, family tr traditions that I had grown up, just like human conditioning that was passed down from generations and culturally and in different situations I had been in would play a piece of all this. And that there's tons of societal messages that kids are getting, even no matter what school they're in. And that there's messages that are coming from a school, no matter what school they're in. And there's different personalities that each child um, has. And so, Helping a child become who they're meant to be is amazing and what I knew I wanted, but I also didn't realize how hard it was, like how many things I would run into. And I would say that's really what started the work that has become 
all this. Um, and I just, I started with food, which I did a little bit differently than how I was taught or what I was seeing around me. So for me, it was a little bit like the figuring out of how I wanted things to be instead of how things were for everyone. And so it's been a really interesting process. And I just want to do a quick side note because some of the things I'm going to be talking about today have to do with older kids. Um, but for anyone with little ones, I just want to mention, um, and he was the first podcast interview, I think, or the second one on this show. And he also is, I'm going to have an interview with him coming up. But Kim John Payne really was my first mentor. And he wrote the book, Simplicity Parenting. And he taught me that my goal, like in having this goal to have these, these kids who really were, you know, the most authentic version of themselves, I had to like go back and mimic what was happening in the classroom. So like this kindergarten classroom that I actually didn't really like. And it doesn't look like freedom when my kids were little. It actually looked a little bit different. There was less stuff. There was way more clear schedules. We didn't sign up for everything. So even if my kid came home and was like, I want to do soccer, we didn't do soccer. We really focused on a simple life. And there was lots and lots of structure. I was like the queen of the 7.30 bedtime. And so I learned that a lot of like structure and um, really understanding how to hold a small child would be the thing that would lead to their most authentic selves. And I really appreciate Kim John Payne's work for that. So if you haven't read the book, Simplicity Parenting, I highly recommend it and do look forward to an episode coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay. So when everyone in Flow 365 was done sharing who they had become, which I just shared with you some of them, someone asked who I had become. And my first initial answer in that moment was to say I really needed to think about it because I had not processed this myself. I had not processed it during those breakout groups that they had been in for 20 minutes. And you know, I was just doing my job and being the facilitator of a retreat. And so it caught me a little bit off guard. So I, I asked, I said I would show up and say it tomorrow. But then all of a sudden, in a moment, um, it hit me. I have become the mom that I always wanted to be. And I was able to share that back out right away. I didn't have to wait until the next day. And, you know, I have not been here as much, but I've been very present with all the Flow 365ers in the past three months. And so they knew that it really has been the hardest six-month season of my time as a mom. And so I want to go through some of the things that I really learned from that experience of becoming this mom that I always wanted to be, which really does start way back when, you know, when I was choosing kindergartens. But I'm going to share some of the things that really came out of the last 90 days. So I'm going to tell you a story. And I just want to be clear that at the current moment, I am pretty committed to, to protecting my kids' privacy, um, which makes it a little hard for me to tell the whole story. Maybe someday I will, but for right now, I'm going to protect the privacy but the pieces that I learned in about mothering are just so important that I want to pass what I can on to you while they're fresh. So just for story's sake, let's just understand that one of my kids was really suffering. And the way that she was suffering really made me question all the things that I've believed, 
that I've passed on here, that I've been teaching, which I've been coaching about. And one of the reasons that happened is because I really, truly walk my talk. And I thought that all the things that we do here, all the, you know, all the things we learn, including going back to simplicity parenting, I really, up until that moment, thought they protected my kids from the scenario that we ended up in. And maybe I'm glad I I didn't know otherwise, because maybe I wouldn't have leaned all in as I did, but they didn't. And I'm sure anyone with older kids right now is laughing at me, which is fine. (laughs) That's good. And next time, like, I just feel like right now I'm so passionate that like, all moms should tell like the next stage what's coming up. Um, So I guess that's a little bit my purpose of this episode. So at the beginning of the last 90-day season, I had set a goal to work 20 hours um, and be an intentional mom for 20 hours a week. So prior to the last 90-day season, or, or prior really to 2021, I surely was with my kids for 20 hours a week, because after all, we're in a pandemic, right? So we're all home. But I was definitely working closer to 40, and the 20 hours that I was with them were, you know, I was cooking, they were doing homework, or, you know, they might have been in the kitchen or walking around. And I was doing work, like there was a lot of parallel time, right, even parallel time on 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 screen. So it appeared that we were always together. But it was not time that I was like really working or practicing being a mom, like skills that I might have needed to build. And a lot of that was because you know, I'm new, well, I'm not newly a mom to teens because my oldest is 17, but you know, like we're in a new phase, let's say that. And it's, it's different. Like things are shifting and it's different. And the pandemic really brought light to that. So when it came to my attention that something was wrong with one of my kiddos, um, I spent two really long weeks, like it did not feel like two weeks, but I went back and looked and it really was only two weeks, just questioning everything and a little bit wallowing (laughs) in that and like how this could have happened. And after I got through that and read enough books to understand that this wasn't my fault and, you know, understood that this was happening to a lot of people around me, um, I, I moved on and then I got into my Mia planning mode, but not the planning mode that I really teach, like the planning mode that I inherited (laughs) from, that we all inherited, which is making a lot of to-do lists. I call it to-do list mode. And I made lists of professionals to call for help. I made a list to organize who I talked to and who I still needed to consult. I read books. I got busy. I got really busy and I really didn't like anyone I was talking to. I didn't like the time that I was spending didn't feel good at all. It just made me feel worse and worse about the situation. And I just, it left me feeling really powerless. And like there was thousands of things to do and none of them were working and I couldn't do anything. So that was kind of like the first few weeks of the season after I had made this goal, right? So I'm starting, like, because it's a process. It's a process of becoming. And then in a pretty hard moment of sorts at home, um, I had nothing left to do but trust my body. And I just figured that my body is who birthed this person (laughs) Um, and that maybe, maybe 
I knew what to do to help her thrive. And so I literally just got close and held the space for her to be the most authentic version of herself in that moment, which obviously wasn't a pretty moment. But I had to really constrain myself. Like there was no fixing, there was no words, there was no, sweetie, it's okay, because it wasn't okay. If I was letting her be her authentic self, it wasn't an okay moment. And that really kicked into a new level my journey of becoming the mom who I always wanted to be. And so I learned some things. So when I was figuring out how to spend the 20 hours a week mothering, and I'm not going to lie, I literally would block out the 20 hours. Like I would time block them because that's what I teach. That's what I do. Um, And But it really took me a while to figure out what to do with those 20 hours because they had been so list-based before, right? Like it's like sign up for driver's ed, call doctors, help with homework, um, you know, call the grandparents about the performance, like all the thing or make dinner, like all the things that that I was doing um, that were planned with my kids really were to-do list-based. And so I sort of had to lean out of that. I had to figure out, like, how could these 20 hours really, really be activated? And so here's what I took with me. Here are three things I took with me. I have a feeling I'm going to be talking about this for a long time. And in fact, at the end of this, I'm going to tell you about something that's coming up this summer, which I'm super excited about um, and will plays into this a lot. So here's the first most important thing I learned. My role was not to fix, but to hold space. And what I really learned was at some point, our kids say, go away. But they really, really are asking us in that ask to stay close. My role was not to fix, but to hold space for my kid to feel. It is actually ironically, what I do for clients, (laughs) but it seems to be much different for offspring. And the thing I know about holding space, because I know this for clients, is that it, you need to be a hundred percent there. You, holding space does not work if your mind is on anything else. So for 12 weeks, for 20 hours a week, I practice presence. That's what I did in those 20 hours. I practiced supporting a kid or all three of my kids really by intuitively understanding what they needed by being present, by being fully there. And it's so much easier when you're fully there. So that was lesson number one, which I will hopefully take with me forever because that has been a big game changer. And I just want to preface that or end that with, you know, I am someone who has always done yoga. Like I have a meditation practice. I've coached and held space for years for people, but somehow this particular piece um, hadn't clicked in and it's really, really important and hard and takes practice and doesn't always go quite right. But the cool thing about 
when you're becoming instead of when you have a goal that you have to meet is that you have to do it imperfectly. It's about the process. It's not about the end result. And so I think that really freed me up to even be more intuitive in those present moments than I might have been otherwise. Okay, so the second thing I took from this experience was just the idea, the feeling, the experience of being in 200% is what I'm going to call it. We talk a lot about being all in, being 100% in, but I really feel like in this case, I was in 200%. And there was a point leaning that far in where I had to let go of the outcome. And I realized that that's something that I don't always do. I don't always let go of the outcome. And I've heard that many a time that we have to let go of the outcome, but I never felt it quite in the way I felt it this time because there was no other way in the present moment because the end goal that I was showing up to be present for, which you know was restoring a child to full health, um, that end goal wasn't possible in the moment most of those days, right? So I had to be in without understanding that the outcome I wanted was going to be there. All I wanted was her to be happy again. But in wanting that, if I wanted that, I was not present. And so if the goal was to hold space, I really needed to be all in. And this meant that I had to create rules and boundaries about what it meant to be all in. So serving clients was something I was not willing to mess with, right? We had a whole group in flow. It was an amazing group. It was such an honor to share this experience with them and, and be holding space for them to be doing their things. So I wouldn't have done anything to mess with that. And that meant I had to create some pretty serious boundaries and get some support in my household so that that never came into question. That was always happening within my 20 hours. Um, But I I had to get a different level of support that I hadn't necessarily asked for for before. Um, And that was hard. So I also had to get a lot more organized about my time. The 2020 thing, the 20 hours of mothering and 20 hours of working wasn't as easy as I thought it would be at all. Um, And I was really trying to practice sticking to that. So I I had to get super organized. And in in order to do that, I became a much better communicator. I had to communicate better than ever. And I had to choose. I had to make real choices. So this podcast, growing an Instagram following, even sometimes like sending out the free content, which gives me so much joy. I just, we couldn't do it. I could have probably done a podcast with all the content we have. Like I could have had my team be creating it, but I didn't want, I didn't want to, that didn't feel like me authentically walking my talk. So I decided not to do that. And the other thing, which I think I already said that I just want to like drive home and and make sure that you hear is that the real amazing thing about being 200% in is that it's okay to make mistakes. And you sort of know that when you're all in because you just have to be and trust that that's okay. And you we're not judging what we're going to do or what we haven't done. Um, we're literally just in the now. 
So the third important thing I did, and by the way, all these things we're going to go deeper into at some point, so don't you worry. And I'm super excited to actually bring some experts in about all of these topics. The third thing I did was I created a team. And I've always mothered from a very supported place. Um, I've been an entrepreneur, like I birthed my kids into my design company, and then I opened this company. Um, So I've always had to have help with childcare. Um, I've always been in a community that was very helpful of, of moms, and we would take turns with with each other's kids. Um, I always felt like I had people who um, I could ask for advice around business or money. So I feel like I've always found ways to be supported, but I never quite so intentionally created what I would call a team. And what I realized in this goal of being super present um, and being all in was that I needed to feel super supported myself so that I could take on any scenario. So I did this by finding a coach who could really hold the space for me. Um, You all will meet her soon, I'm sure, because I want everyone to meet her. But she really held the space in a way that I needed to be able to show up for my family. I also asked very specific friends, so not any friends, Um, if I could connect with them on a weekly basis, it was definitely a two-way connection. Like I wanted to be on their team as much as they were on my team. Um, but I did this around, I have one friend who I connect with every Friday around business. And I have another one who, um, we connect and it's funny because she connects with me around the business piece, but I am connecting with her really for the mothering piece and the self-nurturing piece. And that has been super helpful. Um, I also asked for support from mothers of my other kids' friends. So I needed help sometimes. You know, we've pretty much been home, but I do have one kid in school. And um, I just wanted others to know what was going on so that um, they were all supported. Um, And I explained things to grandparents and uncles and aunts and all the people who interact with my family um, and tried to be really clear how they could be on the team. And so it just really was an amazing experience. There was also, I have to say, a team like specifically for my child. And also my husband and I really became a more unified team, which was definitely an amazing benefit of this whole, whole situation. So I just wanted to offer those three things out to you all as we're in somewhat hard times. And I think these would work for any scenario. Number one is we don't have to fix, not anything, not ourselves, not our kids, not anything. We can be 200% into the thing that really needs our attention. And that really will help all areas of our life flourish. And we can't do this alone. So creating a team is a great way to not have to do it alone. So today, I'm happy to say that my girl really is back. And not only that, but she had the experience to become the next version of herself while I was becoming the next version of myself. And it was, it's been so beautiful to witness. And I know it's not over, but it's been an amazing journey so far. And the thing is, is that with that 200% all in, like, I can't know for sure that we've 
that everything's good now. It's good today, right? I, I don't know what the future holds. And everyone told me it was going to be a much longer process than it, than it was. So all I can do is really find a lot of value in leaning into the next version of me that wanted to come forward. Like that was what I learned. Like that's where I need to put my attention. So for anyone with little kids, I'm going to come back to you for a minute. I just want to tell you, because I wish I had heard this when I had little kids, that all the work I did then to simplify, to simplify toys, um, to really think about our routine, to feed my kids really well, though I did doubt it for two weeks, everything really paid off 10 years later. Because what I really saw was we can't prevent circumstances from happening, especially to others, right? We can't, we can't prevent them from happening to us. We've been in the midst of a year-long circumstance that none of us could have predicted or prevented, right? And very often, the most impactful things, the things that help us out of a situation, are the things that happened years ago, the habits that we've been doing, or the, just even things we did 10 years ago to set the foundation for what's right now. And I really saw this in action um, over the last 90 days. I would say if we're talking pandemic, I saw an action there too. Like my year of homeschooling the kids really paid off. Um, meal planning really paid off at the beginning when we could only go shopping every 10 days. Like there was a lot of things that really have paid off um, that didn't happen right then. So, you know, as you're trying to cultivate new habits, think of that. Like the habits might feel hard today, but they're not about today always. They're sometimes about a future moment that you don't even know is going to happen. So that brings me to the next point, which I love this Oprah quote. She says, you can have everything, but not all at once. And I feel like I really got a chance to see this in a new way. I'm definitely still on the on the path to becoming the person who my kids need as a mom because it's ever evolving. They're ever evolving. Um, but I really did become a new version of myself in these last 90 days. And I get to be proud of that. And every woman in flow gets to be proud of who they became. And you get to be proud of who you became in the last 90 days, in the last year, over the course of your lifetime. We really need to remember this often as women. And it's a practice. So I have some new mothering practices. I feel super supported and grounded. And now that gives me a new way that I, now as I'm moving into the next 90 days and I look at my big vision of where I want my life to be in, you know, five and 10 years, which I do quite frequently and actually will be part of this challenge we're doing. If you want to go check that out at plansimple.com, you should definitely come. Um, so now I get to lean into my role here. And one of the things that came in up this weekend for me is that I have so much content bubbling up in me through me. Um, you know, and for anyone out there who's a writer or a content creator or, you know, has a lot of ideas, like you know that you can't always think of them. And right now it's just like I feel like this exploding, I don't know, something that need like I need to get, I need to be writing and talking and getting this content out there. 
And so the word that came up for me was really prolific. And um, so it means that I get to still lean into what I've learned about motherhood. I still have a goal of hours of really having a very balanced time-wise of mothering and and working. And now I get to lean into some projects that have been in the pipeline that are ready to be birthed. So more podcasts, more active inter- or a more active in Instagram channel, um, a new flow planner is coming out soon. I'm super excited about this camp experience for moms of tweens and teens that we're putting together. And then of course, there's this next level of the flow 365 experience, which I have to say is like, so good. It's like the, my favorite thing I do. It's so, it's just such an amazing nurturing experience. So if you're experiencing that you want to really live your best life and really do all the things and be all the things that you dream about, you might want to consider looking at that for what it, for what we do. I really do believe it's the best life coaching deal out there. So I think that's it. Um, one closing thought is that, um, you know, before this last 90-day cycle, the idea of writing content, showing up to Instagram, doing Facebook Lives, like, it always, it wasn't that it felt too hard. It almost felt, like, wrong. Like, it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And the interesting, and I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't the person that was supposed to do that. I hadn't become the person who was supposed to do that. And now having had this other experience, I can say that from that person, it's time and it doesn't feel wrong. It feels hard. It feels like there's obstacles. It feels like I'm going to need some different kinds of support systems in place to get that done. Um, it feels like there's different boundaries that will be, have to be created, but I feel ready. I feel excited. I feel 200% in. I feel very present in it. Like I feel all the things that I learned through this last 90 days. So that's what I offer you. Come join us. Join us for this free challenge. Go to plansimple.com, sign up. We start on Thursday, April 15th, which I guess is tax day. It's not tax day here anymore, but it was at some point. So hopefully your taxes are off and you can show up and you can really think about this next phase, what it's going to be like for you in a way that isn't being dictated, you all. This is the important part. Not being dictated by what school is opening, what camps are opening, all the things. Like That's not what we want to be dictating how we show up those things are going to happen and we might have to, you know, swerve and pivot to figure out what's possible, like what things we can actually do have be, but, but we can still be on the path to the life we really want. Um, but we have to know what that is in order to make some of those choices. So that's what I got. And if you listen to the podcast, some of the content will be delivered here every morning. But if you want the full experience and the printouts and the conversation and the prizes and all the things, you have to come sign up. All right. I will see you all again very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can. 
and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.